Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. I thought today would be a good opportunity to kind of re-go through my rookie rankings. So a few weeks ago, I put out my positional rankings and then kind of like my top 12 and then top 24. Today, I'm basically going to be going through like a first round of a rookie draft. So my top 12 players, kind of assigning them to draft slots, talking through each individual player. While you guys are watching, if you enjoy the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And if you guys think a player should be higher, lower, just let me know your reasoning, drop a comment down below, and I'll make sure to get back to you as soon as I can. You know, I feel like there's a lot of spots here where you could go with a variety of different players. So I do want to hear all of your guys' opinions, but let's jump into the 101. And this is where I have Brees Hall. I feel like right now, if we were to draft today, I feel like that 101 probably should be reserved for Brees Hall or Malik Willis. Hall is my running back one going into the combine. I think he really cemented himself there with his you know, combine metrics. And I feel like a lot of other people in the fantasy community, if they didn't already have him as the RB1, they kind of pushed him up after his dominant display. So he came in at 5'11", 217 pounds, you know, no problems there. That's workhorse size. He's only 20 years old and has been a workhorse running back in college for all three of his seasons. He ran a 4.39 40-yard dash, had a 40-inch vertical, 10-foot, 6-inch broad jump. And right now, I feel like the floor of where he's going to fall to in drafts is probably like early day two. You know, I'm not sure if he sneaks into the first round, but he should definitely be picked like at least top half of round two, you know, right now, if we're just kind of projecting it. I mean, we saw Javante Williams go at the 203 last year, and I feel like if we're comparing them as prospects, I feel like, you know, I can make a pretty compelling argument that Brees Hall is the better overall prospect, and there's not running backs like Najee or Travis Etienne that are also going to get picked ahead. So if you have a team that's looking for a running back, I'd expect them to go with Brees Hall as the first running back off the board. And I feel like when Brees Hall gets drafted, if it's like early second round, I feel like he's going to be viewed as a locked and loaded top 10 dynasty running back. Not sure you can say that about really any other player here at any position besides Brees Hall. So that is why I have him locked up here at the 101. Moving on to the 102, I already mentioned him, Malik Willis, a big winner from the combine. And if you wanted to take a swing on Malik Willis at the 101, I really wouldn't tell you it's a horrible idea. I would prefer Brees Hall. But when we're looking at like the highest possible ceiling, I do think Willis would be the guy that could, you know, potentially be like a top six, top eight dynasty asset if like everything breaks right and he turns out to be a stud. He has the elite rushing upside combined with a fantastic arm. I feel like draft capital is probably going to be the largest factor here. I'd like for him to be the first quarterback taken. I do think he's the betting favorite to be the quarterback one off the board. And then being like a top 15 pick would be really solid. You know, top 10 would be great. But right now, it's just too early to tell, you know, exactly where he's going to fall in drafts. I kind of feel like there's an argument going around that drafting some of these quarterbacks could be very risky in rookie drafts. But if we're just looking back to last year with Lawrence and Fields, I mean, they totally tanked and are still regarded as top 30 overall players. Trey Lance barely even played. He didn't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo and is now being drafted as a mid to early second round startup pick. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I understand that last year's quarterback class was far superior to this one. But even if Malik Willis struggles in year one 
or maybe he even sits the entire year. I don't think that's just going to totally tank his value moving forward because I kind of feel like he's in this Jalen Hurts situation where even if he doesn't play well, he's still you know going to put up really solid fantasy production and will likely have a longer leash than Jalen Hurts because he's going to be probably a mid first round pick. Now moving on to the 103, this is where I have Drake London. He is my new wide receiver one. And I do really think you could make an argument for any of the big three wide receivers to be your wide receiver one. You know, some people could even try to make an argument for Jamison Williams, but I actually did have Drake London move up over Traylon Burks after the combine. And even though Drake London didn't participate, you know, I don't think there are crazy high expectations for his numbers. He came in at six foot four, 219 pounds. With Traylon Burks, you know, there was kind of this perception that he may be able to put up like DK Metcalf, you know, adjacent numbers. Didn't really happen. Still really like him. I'll be talking about him at the 104. With Drake London's college production, I really just couldn't, you know, keep him out of that wide receiver one slot, even though it is close to both Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson. I've seen some people in the fantasy community comparing Drake London to Nikhil Harry, but I just feel like that's a very foolish reason. If you're just saying they're in like similar archetypes and Nikhil Harry busted, therefore Drake London is not going to be bad. I mean, I feel like you're just really not doing your homework. Sometimes prospects just don't work out. Nikhil Harry had a fantastic profile. Unfortunately, he just couldn't produce at the next level. I'm not going to hold that against Drake London when everything I've seen from him has been fantastic. I know some people have had some separation concerns with Drake London. That's not something I've seen when I've looked at his tape. And obviously, I'm not some advanced, you know, film like scout watcher, but some of the other film grinders in the fantasy community that I trust seem to echo that same point that he can separate. He's fantastic on contested catches. So I kind of feel like that's where people think he can't separate down the field, but that's not the only way he is winning on his routes, but it is something that he is fantastic at. Drake London broke out at 18 years old and then was dominant in both his sophomore and junior seasons. And that is why I have him at my 103. Now I mentioned that Traylon Burks was going to be my 104 and I'm still very high on him. I don't really think people should be totally souring on him, you know, because of his combine performance. I originally had him at the 101. I kind of talked about how I felt like he was the safest option because there hadn't been a quarterback or running back that really established themselves as the number one option. I feel like that's shifted. You know, running back and quarterback are the two most important positions, and we have Brees Hall and Malik Willis, seemingly the clear-cut running back one and quarterback one. But for Traylon Burks, six foot two, 225-pound wide receiver, he kind of got ripped for running a 4.55. At 225 pounds, that is not a bad 40 time. It's definitely not like a elite top-tier athlete, but I've seen him getting a lot of comparisons to AJ Brown and Debo Samuel. And I feel like, you know, those are kind of unfair. You're asking a lot out of Traylon Burks, but if those are his like ceiling comps, I'm fine with that. But you look at those two players, AJ Brown ran a 4.49, Debo ran a 4.48. So just a little bit faster than Burks. And I think, you know, a lot of the hate on Burks really just comes to people overreacting because of a few combine numbers. He should still be a first round pick in the NFL draft, and he would be a steal if he fell, you know, in the mid to back end of the first round in rookie drafts. And now with the 105, wraps up the big three wide receivers. I have Garrett Wilson. I think it's very possible that Wilson is the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft. 
He excelled in his sophomore and junior collegiate seasons, performed very well at the combine, and I have him at the 105. So even though he's my wide receiver three, I clearly still like the player. I feel like this is a really solid wide receiver class. Really the only drawback here was that he was outproduced by sophomore Jackson Smith, but obviously we're kind of nitpicking here because I still have him as like a, you know, mid to high-end round one rookie pick. And also who knows, you know, this could be a similar situation to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, where, you know, sophomore Jamar Chase, or in this situation, Jackson Smith just absolutely ball out, outperform the junior Garrett Wilson or Justin Jefferson. And then it turns out that just all of them are studs. And I feel like that's probably more than likely the case. Don't know if I'm going to, you know, go as far as to say Garrett Wilson is going to be the next Justin Jefferson. In fact, I'm definitely not going to say that because Jefferson is elite, you know, either wide receiver one or wide receiver two for dynasty. But, you know, just kind of a decent parallel there between those two wide receiver duos. Now at the 106, I have Kenneth Walker. And I really wouldn't say that I love Walker, but with his insane junior season and a fantastic combine, it's tough to not put him, you know, up here at the 106. We definitely would have liked to see more out of him as a receiver in his three college seasons. But, you know, if a team decides to take him early in day two, it's pretty clear that they trust him as a receiver. You know, they're confident that he can work in that department. I just don't think you can let a running back with second round potential, you know, fall much later on than this in rookie drafts. Now, moving on to the 107, I have Matt Corral. And I feel like there hasn't really been a ton of buzz around Corral as of late. You know, first round draft capital is pretty crucial here. That's kind of what I'm banking on, ranking him as my 107. There's still a lot of uncertainty with what a lot of these teams are going to do that are targeting quarterbacks. You know, trades still may be on the table free agent fillers. You know, if teams don't trust this draft class, there are guys like Winston, Trubisky, Mariota, you know, that could be kind of placeholders for the next few years. Deshaun Watson's still out there. What team is going to bring him in? But in terms of these quarterbacks in the 2022 draft class, I think uh, Matt Corral has the second highest ceiling behind Malik Willis. He's a mobile player, came in at six foot two, 212 pounds, solid size. And then hopefully he's just healthy enough to throw at his pro day because we did not see him at the NFL Combine. At the 108, I'm going to go with Isaiah Spiller. And he seems to have taken a little bit of a beating recently in the Dynasty community, you know, post-Combine. It was definitely not a good day for him. He didn't run in the 40, opted out of it, then jumped horribly in both the vertical and broad jumps, and then also had a small hand size. I don't really think anyone was expecting him to have a great 40 time, but the overall lack of athleticism is definitely at least a little bit concerning, you know, not just for me, but also for his draft capital. Looking at the combine metrics, I try not to move guys, you know, too far up because of their solid numbers, but if they really tank the combine, and I think that is going to affect their draft stock, then I really have no choice but to move them down. Like Kyron Williams was a borderline, you know, top 12 overall rookie in this class for me. Now he's not going to be on the top 24, really not even close because I'm guessing, you know, his draft numbers are just going to totally tank his overall draft capital. If Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker were both picked, you know, in the late second round in similar situations, I would prefer Spiller as the player, but I don't really think that's going to be the case. Kind of feel like Walker has separated himself a little bit, especially with his combine performance and Spiller's negative performance. 
but I really like how Spiller has carried the load for three years as an RB1 and has also shown some solid contributions in the receiving game. Hopefully he's able to kind of regain some of that value at his pro day, but if he's going to be falling like back end of the first round in rookie drafts, I feel like we should definitely be taking advantage of that and getting a lot of shares of Isaiah Spiller. Now onto the 109. This is where I have Jamison Williams slotting in. There's really just a lot of different variables going on here with Williams. Starting off with his college arc, you know, he was basically buried on the bench at Ohio State his first two seasons, barely saw the field behind guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Then he transfers to Alabama for his junior season, absolutely lights it up. Unfortunately, he is coming off of an ACL tear and will likely miss the start of the 2022 season. It still looks like he has a great shot at being a first-round pick. And if you can just wait, you know, maybe a year for his production, I definitely think he could be a stud at the next level. At the 110, I'm going to go with Sam Howell. And I definitely think I'm higher than consensus on Sam Howell. I honestly don't really understand why he's not getting more buzz at both the NFL and fantasy football levels. He was really the only top quarterback in this class who excelled as a freshman. He was then elite as a sophomore, did take a step back his junior year, but even in that junior season where he struggled, he showed a newfound mobility and rushing upside that I think is currently being undervalued with his like fantasy perception. First round draft capital would definitely be great to see. And if he could lock that in, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of shares of Sam Howell. At the 111, I've got another quarterback, and it is Kenny Pickett. I feel like if Pickett wasn't a projected first-round pick, he would likely fall much lower in my rankings. I'm just not really seeing a ton of upside here out of Kenny Pickett. In a quarterback class that's perceived to be fairly weak, I want to go after the players who have really solid ceilings if they do hit. One of the biggest storylines at the Combine was Pickett's hand size. That was heavily discussed all week long. I'm not going to come out and say it's incredibly important, but it just kind of is another thing with Kenny Pickett that makes me weary. If we remember a few years ago, you know, there was the Joe Burrow has small hands narrative that was being blasted all over the place. Joe Burrow had nine inch hands and that was in like the sixth percentile. So very small. Pickett's are eight and a half inches, which is in the first percentile. So that's really just another little factor that makes me concerned about Kenny Pickett. But if he does receive that first round draft capital, he will have to be locked into my top 12 rankings, no matter how I feel about him. Because if he is picked in round one, we know he's going to get the opportunity to be a starter at the next level. And to finish up these rankings at the 112, this is where I have Rashad White, a big riser from the combine. And he's honestly someone I liked, you know, before we even saw him perform at the combine. I believe I ranked him ahead of Kyron Williams in my initial rookie running back rankings. Feeling pretty solid about that now. Outside of the top three running backs, which I think are pretty consensus, you know, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and Isaiah Spiller, I think White has the best skill set to be a three down back at the NFL level. Six feet tall, 214 pounds, caught 43 passes for 456 yards in 2021. Is definitely a player who broke out late, but he also performed well at the Combine. 448 40-yard dash, 84th percentile speed score, 87th burst score. Day two draft capital would be ideal. You know, if he's like a third round pick, even if it's late, who cares? That would be fantastic. But I feel like even early day three wouldn't be a total killer for Rashad White, but he may have to drop down a little bit 
if he is like a fourth or fifth round pick. But that is going to wrap it up kind of for my first round rankings. Just to run through it one more time, I've got Brees Hall at the 101, Malik Willis at the 102, Drake London 103, Traylon Burks 104, 105 Garrett Wilson, 106 Kenneth Walker, 107 Matt Corral, 108 Isaiah Spiller, 109 Jamison Williams, 110 Sam Howell, 111 Kenny Pickett, and at the 112 Rashad White. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll be posting uh, round two, so basically like the 201 to the uh, 212 or player 13 to player 24. That should be coming out maybe not tomorrow, but the day after. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.